0: We're so excited to share with you this special episode. This was in conjunction with the Asian American Podcasters Association. And it was during their live festival in the month of May to honor AAPI Heritage Month. Danny and I are so thrilled to be able to present to you an episode that was a live recording with questions and answers. And we had back on a Mountaineer, and executive coach, Lee Wong. So thrilled she could come back and join us again. We know that you're gonna enjoy this special episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together. Don't forget to stop by Amazon and pick up our new book entitled, Talk It Up, A Guide to Successful Public Speaking. Enjoy and thank you for supporting the Twins Talk It Up program. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast.
1: So, next up in our Asian Podcast Festival, the world's second annual. Thank you all so much for being here. We have Twins Talk It Up with co hosts and twin brothers, David Sook Brown and Danny Suk Brown. They are, this is what you need to know. Uh, let's see. They uh, have a podcast where, and they're identical uh, twins, just, you know, if you're listening to this, not looking, and they discuss leadership communication strategies to support professionals who believe in the power of their own authentic voice. They explore tips and tools to increase both your influence and value. So David and Danny, take it away.
0: Well, thank you so much, Lee. We do appreciate the opportunity to be with so many creatives on this platform. We are celebrating not just Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. We're celebrating being with incredible leaders who are all bent on doing the same thing. My twin and I love our Korean heritage. We love our American heritage. We love being able to celebrate diversity and bring in this conviction that we all have a voice. We could do incredible things. Well, there are many ways to develop yourself professionally. The world's greatest performers and the most respected leaders all embrace coaching as the preferred method for capturing and wedding edge. Well, we're in a great position because right now, my twin and I have back with us one of our great friends. She was with us on a recent episode, Lei Wong. In 2010, Lei completed what's known as the Explorer's Grand Slam, having reached both the North and South Poles, and she climbed what is known as the Seven Summits. And what that is, it's the highest points on each of the seven continents. Less than 75, 75 people have ever accomplished this feat. And Leigh is the first Asian woman to have done so. And I believe even right now, as in this recording, she's only the fourth woman to ever do it. So in addition to being a mountaineer, Leigh is an executive coach. She's also a podcaster. She has her own podcast called Journey with Leigh. She's a keynote speaker, and she's also an author. And the name of her book is After the Summit new rules for reaching your peak performance or peak potential in your career and your life. Lei, welcome back. Thank you for joining my brother and I on this incredible platform, the Asian American Podcasters Festival.
2: Thank you, David. Thank you, Danny. I'm so excited to be here. Like what a great platform. Let's get it started.
0: All right, just for the audience who may not know who's speaking, I'll make sure to let you know this is Danny, and Dave will let you know this is David. Leigh, the last time we were together, we were able to share with our listeners about your journey from the corporate life to more of what we call the mountaineer, getting rid of everything, selling everything, all you had to go after this new this new adventure, this new passion, but you're here to help your clients professionally reach their greatest heights. This time around, we want to take a little deep dive into your work. And we want to make sure we understand more about your executive coaching track. This might seem obvious, but why do driven leaders work with executive coaches? Why do they make this type of investment?
2: Yeah, because as we know, all the sports athletes, Olympians, world champions, they all have their own coach, no matter how great they are. And same in any field, in corporate, in in business, you want to make progress. You want to go faster do better, become a better leader, then you need to listen to voice outside your own head. You need to get a perspective outside your own box. And who else is a better position to help you? It's a coach because coach is not in your corporate structure, have no competing interest with your growth. And their only interest is to help you to grow. And they can provide you a very honest, objective view from outside and also leverage from their experience that by working with other executives in other companies, they bring that perspective into your growth too.
0: Lay, this is David and I appreciate you sharing that. And what I love is that you've been able to work with some incredible leaders and they trust you enough to tell them what they need to hear. It's those blind spots that you're able to highlight it's the ability to pull out of them their very best because ultimately they do want to do great things. They do want to achieve great goals and they want to, in a sense, climb to new heights professionally. Being that it's Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, I've got to ask you this, and this might seem a little interesting, but is there a difference in working with, let's say, traditional West, uh, Westernized leaders versus what we call more of the Asian Easternized leadership? Because from my experience, and maybe more speaking in generalities, a lot of the Asian corporate culture will tend to lean or focus on what we call collective achievement, whereas the Western culture might promote more of an individual achievement. And with the Asian side or the Asian cultures, they might tend to judge success as team instead of individual, whereas Western leaders might highlight superstars or people that seem to shine and thrive. Have you seen any of this in your coaching and what does that mean in terms of the type of coaching that you might be able to present with leaders that you have now?
2: Yeah, definitely. That's a, I think that's a valid observation and especially most of Asian cultures emphasize being modest, being humble, don't be the one who is like a out way too much, like catch all the attention, you're trying to be humble. So like, we always like, whenever someone praises, oh wow, what a great job, oh no, no, it's nothing. Like, oh wow, that's amazing. Oh, it's just uh, whatever, it's n- no big deal. So we have that tendency, brush aside any praise. And then at the same time, when we need to promote what's our accomplishment, even our team's accomplishment. We tend to play down, like oh yeah, this is it's just a part of my job. This is the how the team work together. So we are not giving us ourselves a fair evaluation of what we achieve. At the same time, we didn't even give our team the fair chance to succeed. So as a leader, we promote ourselves doesn't mean we push down others, because a leader really ascends by lifting others. So, when you are promoting what you accomplished at the same time promoting your team, you elevate everyone else, then you don't have to feel confident. Oh, oh, what I did is nothing. Yes, you did great as a leader. And as a leader, my biggest accomplishment is brought up a whole team of leaders, the next generation of leaders. That's a big accomplishment. So, there's nothing you need to be too modest about. So, I think for Asian Americans, with, definitely need to work more on, be proud of ourselves. I think that can be a mindset exercise, like at the beginning I had the same problem, but now like I just learned whenever someone prays you something, don't say no, nothing, just thank you. Then come back, think about it. Yeah, what I did really great. For example, like even myself, I had the same issue. After I finished climbing Everest, I come back, and I didn't really bother to talk about it. It's nothing because, all oh, my friend climbed Everest. I'm exaggerating because I have so many friends in my network coming from the climbing world. So, yeah, almost everyone I, I know climbed Everest. And it's nothing because they climbed K2, they climbed other things much more. And they did the first ascend-up, this first ascend-up. What I did was nothing. Like I didn't bother. And also, the funny thing about the number four women in the world to accomplish that, I didn't realize that until a couple of years later because one day my coach I was working had my own coach to work with me and she asked like, how many people did it? I said, I don't care. I don't think that's important. She just, said, just really, I really want to know how many. So I went to count and said, oh my God, I was a number four. So I realized, wow, I was just done playing everything. So after that, I started to say, okay, I was the number four person in the world, number four women in the world to complete that. So now I felt like I totally, okay, after you, say that a couple of times, you feel more comfortable, then you'll be okay to go out and tell people. So the same for leadership. Like when you accomplish something, first, when you say that within your team, praise everyone, great effort. As a team, we did a great job. We did this. we did that. When you feel so proud of yourself, next time you show up on the board meeting or go outside, you need to talk to someone, that'll be natural for you to tell people. This is what we accomplished. I'm proud of our accomplishments. There's no need to be too modest about it. Just practice will be much easier.
0: We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live, Love, Thanks. Live, Love, Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why at Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services. To book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Lay, this is David again, and I want to follow up with this because it's so true. So many people, at least from our culture, will take more what we call the modest approach and, oh, no, it's okay. We did it together. And what I've learned and what I'm hearing is that it's okay to strive to be your best, your team, your organization needs for you to strive to be your best. And when you elevate your game, so to speak, you're actually elevating the team. And so that's what I love hearing about it. And yes, it's okay to look back and say, wait, I was only one of four women to ever accomplish this feat, changing that mindset, having that shift versus yeah, anybody could climb. No, the truth is we all can't. But what I love is you've taken your experience, your conviction, and you've now brought it into the corporate setting where you can help professionals understand that they can do this. And so it's good to be able to see that you're able to help them shift in their own perspective, their own thinking, and to be able to say hey go be your best strive to be able to climb those peaks because ultimately it's not just about you it's about the team that you impact so i do appreciate you sharing that way thank you this is danny and i want to follow up late with a quick question what are some ways professionals can gain more visibilities and accelerate their leadership growth at work rather than waiting until after the accomplishments what are some other ways that they can gain more visibility
2: yeah that's definitely a very important question I see many Asian American professionals, they accomplished something, they did great projects. They think my boss should notice that. My boss should give me a promotion. My boss should praise me on a board meeting or something. The truth is, if you don't go to tell them how great a job you did, how much effort you put, put in, and how far you took your team ahead, your boss don't really know that. Because they are very busy. And they imagine your boss read so many emails a day, so many reports a day. And if everyone else telling him, okay, my team did it, my team did that, and you are quiet, how would your boss know what a great job you did? How would he know you need a you deserve a promotion? So you have to put yourself out there. But put out there a lot of time we think, oh no, I'm I don't want to brag about myself or I don't feel comfortable. So one is as we talked about before, practice that outside. And the two is anything come with a strategy behind to promote yourself, there's a strategy. You need to practice, plan. What's the proper word to say that, how to frame your accomplishment among the, say, the milestones of the big picture of the company's accomplishment. How you set up relationship between you and your team and the board support everything. So, and also timing, like when to go talk to your boss, not like your boss is going to five minutes before going to the meeting. Hey, boss, by the way, I I did did that. You need to learn what's the proper time to prepare your boss going to have that mindset, like say the board meeting going to happen say next month. And you know, your, your boss probably will be preparing a presentation a few weeks before that collecting data. That's the time you go to promote yourself not like right before the board meeting, hey, don't forget to talk about me. Of course that doesn't work, right? So being strategic and be mindful and practice that, become natural. So you don't feel shy, you don't feel insecure when you go to tell your boss, oh, I did that. Then of course you don't show confidence about like what are you talking about? But if you practice enough, you show up confidently. This is what I did, I did. And I think compared to my peer, compared to other teams, I, my team deserve a promotion. You say that with confidence, then that would be very convincing.
0: That is phenomenal. This is Danny, and I love how you do that, because really at the end of the day, as uh, Asians, we tend to, as you said, be a little bit more modest. We don't want to boast a little bit about the, what we do and how we do it, and we tend to think of this more as a group effort, but I try to do my best to help people understand how to Look at what we call outcome-based selling, outcome-based methodologies. What is the outcome that your manager is looking for? What is important to him or her? What KPIs do they track? How do you know if this has been a successful metric? When you do all that, then you can be positioned what you've done to match that. So when you're having a conversation with them, it's the right outcome. It's what you're trying to showcase to your manager on why you deserve a promotion or why you deserve credibility, whatever that may be. I love how you said, listen, there's a board meeting coming up or it could be something very important. If you know that's happening and you know your manager is going to present on behalf of the board, some statistics, some figures, whatever it may be, why don't you help them write that information? Why don't you go help give them that data, that data points that they may need in order to stand out and highlight yourself and your team. That is is definitely something that needs to be done. And we coach people on this every single day. What is the outcome that your client cares about? What do they value? How do they measure that value? What is the KPIs they use to show that this value is being scored and measured the right way? This is the only way you're going to get that, be able to put yourself in a position where you stand out a little bit more. So I do appreciate you bringing that up. I appreciate you saying that because we have to look at, from our own personal perspective, how can we make ourselves more visible? And I think that's why they go to you as a coach. That's why they go receive coaches like you. I have a mindset issue. It's more than anything else. It's a mindset issue. Yes, it's cultural issue as well. Dave and I had to face that many times. So we have two things against us, mindset and cultural. Uh, So I do appreciate you sharing that. Thank you very much, Lei.
2: Yeah, and let me add one thing here. So about the mindset shift, a lot of time we don't want to brag about ourselves because Mm -hmm. we're thinking self-promotion. So here is one little trick about the mindset shift. As a leader, your accomplishment is actually evaluated based on your team's performance. And if you don't promote yourself, promote your team, your team don't get promoted, then the people behind you don't get the growth opportunities. So if you think about when you are putting yourself out there, you are putting your team out there, you're lifting up your team, you are not bragging for yourself, you're bragging for your whole team. Then with that mind shift it's not about you, it's about the people you are leading. Focus on how you can promote the whole team together, then that make it much easier. All your team deserve your help to move ahead.
0: Awesome. This is Danny again. I love that. I want to continue the momentum. So I know Dave has been itching to jump back in, but I'm going to take the spotlight. As the older sibling, the older twin, I always get to come first. And so I'm going to throw this out there. What, one of the things I'm really excited about um, just listening to you speak, Lay, and how you've been able to help these leaders break through that mindset, break through the cultural aspect to hit the highest peak they can ever do. I mean, we coach our clients on that every single day. One of the things that we do in our sales training programs uh, as we do these sales leadership courses, we help them get over that mindset. Even some of the business owners, we ask them, hey, what is your fiscal year 22 goals? Uh, I don't know. I just maybe hire another employee here or there. No, you need to grow by 50% what? You need to double your staff. Just just getting them that shock factor to overcome that mindset is actually more important than the content that we teach. More important than our sales training courses, more important than our marketing training courses, more important than our business mastery courses is the mindset course. And I want to know, and I think Dave wants to know too, how hard is it when you first sit down with these executives to get them to switch over and say yes i have a mindset issue first and if i can just accomplish this mindset issue that'll open the doors to being able to accomplish everything else that i need to accomplish for my business how how difficult is that first conversation with them
2: well the first conversation normally I have to be brutally honest mm. because normally people don't think i have a mindset issue so i have to point out Well, the reason you are afraid to take on this, take on that, or have been hesitating making a decision is because you have this fear. You lack the confidence. You don't believe that strategy can work. You don't believe this project can go this far. So point out that and then, oh yeah, that's true. Like everything, what we play in our mind shows up in our communication, in our behavior. So as a leader, when you don't believe, we can reach that goal. I don't believe my team my team might be overstretched to do that. Then you're not gonna be able to communicate that to your team. Then your team can feel it. Then they're not gonna be able to accomplish that. Then yourself feeding this cycle, then say, okay. That's why I didn't want to set too high a goal. So once I point out this kind of situation, how this psychological loop is playing in their head. And oh, that's why. So it just need to be, at first time, need to be very brutally honest to show them. And at the same time, you need to show them a lot of support. Because I think as a coach, the most important thing we give our client is their confidence. And I think one of the best compliments I got recently from my client was, he said, when he's facing some challenge or trying to decide this, decide that, he feels like it's just like there's a, bottomless lake or water, he's kind of swimming over, feels like it's scary. But when he think of me, feel there's a mountain standing right behind him to support him. Then he felt okay to push forward.
0: I love that. This is David Lay. And I appreciate that because the true coach that's involved in their client's life provides that type of support. And they know that they're not in it by themselves. When you think about the greatest athletes and these great performers, they know they can't do it alone. They need the incredible backing of professionals who know how to help them to get through that hurdle, because everything from the runner's wall to the, what we call, uh, imposter syndrome, these are things that coaches like yourself help your clients work through. I want to ask you something a little interesting and maybe a little different, the other side of the coin, so to speak. Dan asked you earlier to talk about how professionals can gain visibility and accelerate their leadership at work. Let, let's look at it from this perspective. What are some things leaders can do, Lei, to improve themselves professionally in their day-to-day life, let's say outside of the work, when they're not clocked in nine to five? It's that old proverbial adage of who you are alone is who you really are, but what are some things leaders can do outside of work to improve themselves?
2: That's a great question because we have seen again and again in professional setting when we how we handle crisis oftentimes it's an emotional reaction when something we need to make a decision really fast pick which one and now there's a have an emergency in personnel okay what we're we gonna do about this employee that employee and then there's a PR crisis how we're we gonna respond or anything happen at the professional work take a lot of emotional intelligence and all those thing it's not a switch just okay. Now I know following the textbook, I should do this, do that. Making hard decisions is very hard, and that muscle was built not in that moment. You need to practice making the decision right now. It's you exercise that muscle on a day to day basis, and we don't have a switch as a human to say, Right now, I am at work, I'm a leader, and right now, I'm at home as a wife, as a husband. Right now I'm outside playing just as someone on the street. No, it's part of our gene, part of your DNA. We behave at the same way, no matter in what setting. So with that mindset, in our day-to-day setting, we train ourselves. Like how we stay calm when something happens on the street or your kids are crying, someone at home is throwing up a fight. So how you react in day-to-day practice? How do you handle yourself facing the fear of say, even procrastination daily basis. I don't want to go exercise. Now taking care of myself or doing a relationship in the family. All those things, a daily practice. How you, like I say, you know, like in Asian, I know at least in Asian family, a lot of things we say, how you treat your mom going to be how you treat your spouse. The same, how you treat your family, treat your friends, going to be how you treat your team member your employees, how you handle conflict at home in daily life is how you're going to handle a conflict at work with other businesses. So we diligently practice the consistent behavior, consistent habits, no matter where you are. Then that mindset become your muscle. You don't even need to constantly think, I need to do this and do that. you will be naturally respond in the way you are supposed to work.
0: For those of our listeners if you're if you're chiming in you're you're picking up on the program you're going to see I refer to my identical twin brother as my hyung and it just means my older respected sibling my older respected brother and, and literally I give way in that sense but lay I want to ask this because you make such a great point about what we do off the clock outside matters who we are at home, it will come out in how we treat people at work. And, and it makes me think about all these incredible illustrations of athletes, of performers, musicians, dancers, they practice hours upon hours for just that one moment of performance. It's the sprinter in the Olympics that practices hours just for a 10 second race. It's what you shared with our previous, list, well, our previous podcast episode, you shared about all those hours and hours of training to make sure you're physically fit, you are mentally fit to be able to climb the mountains that you climbed. You can't just go on there, put on a uh, backpack and just think you're going to climb Everest. It doesn't happen. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the training. And I think even for the professionals that are out there and you might be listening to our podcast, you might be thinking, well, what else can I do? How about your reading? You know, I know it's easy to want to veg out. There's this microwave society. You want to just pick up a TV and watch a, a show or just pick up a movie, but why not a book? Why not pick up Lay's book? She's got a book out there called After the Summit, New Rules for Reaching Your Peak Potential in Your Career and Life. You can't read, do to Audible. You could definitely find opportunities to read books. And my twin is an avid book reader. And that's why we, even recently, we came out with our first book because we want to give professionals an opportunity to grow in their ability to present themselves with clarity and confidence. And so I want to throw that out because I just felt so inspired by what you said, that what we do off the clock matters even more than when the light is on and we're on the clock. And I appreciate you sharing that. Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to just jump in on you. No, thank you very much for putting a plug in, uh, not only for Lay's book, but our book as well called Talk It Up, uh, which is really a successful guide to public speaking. If you're going to be at conferences, road shows, or if you want to do well at your own work, there is a statistic that has shown. Dave, why don't you tell that statistic that Warren Buffett would say? He would say that. value, that you can increase your value by 50% if you improve your public speaking skill. Awesome, thank you very much, Dave, I appreciate that. So many organizations are what we say, committing more resources now than ever before for the development of their top leaders. How can receiving coaching help improve a leader's overall team's productivity? Yeah,
2: so that is a super important question because a lot of time, the leader didn't feel they need coaching. They think my team need a coaching. My team need to improve performance. My team's not motivated. My team not putting the best effort. The thing is the team putting the effort or motivated, it depends on how the leader leads, how they feel engaged, how they feel connected with the whole organization. And as a leader, when you get coached, you're going to get a deeper look into yourself. You connect with yourself at a deeper level, understand yourself better. When you are able to connect with yourself, see yourself as a human being, as someone with strength and weakness, you begin to shift how you look at your employees. You connect with your employees better. And you can understand why they are motivated or not motivated, how to motivate them, what matters to them, what's their priority, how they can When you connect so deep with your employees, naturally, your team will feel connected and they find a way to feel motivated and they will be engaged in your company's agenda much, much deeper. So getting coached as a leader helps you to grow as a person and help you to connect, understand your employees. So we're going to lift up the whole organization.
0: That is awesome. This is Danny again, just so our audience knows. Uh, I think about that a lot because there's so many times when we're coaching sales leadership. And it, normally the person, as Dave said earlier, when it comes to American society, you, you, is a standalone. And so typically the highest performing sales rep gets promoted to sales manager and the highest performing sales manager gets promoted to sales director and so on and so on. But they don't know what they're doing. They, they just think, well, if I made it this way, everyone should just copy what I just did and they'll be successful as well. And this is the reason why I believe that they need coaching. They need to understand how to look at their employees. They need to understand where their weaknesses and strengths are at. And then they also need to look at themselves. Hey, am I effectively communicating and am I encouraging the right way? So I know that so many times when you're coaching leaders, you also help them to get that light moment to turn on when they're realizing, hey, maybe the way I thought of doing it is not the right way. So how do you help them to get that light to turn on and realize there may be a better way to help my team to be successful than the way I've been going at it?
2: Yeah, so coaching is a great opportunity to help the leader shift the angle because when they think about their team not engaged or the team had a productive productivity issue they only look from their perspective they cannot think okay what might be another scenario why this team member is not showing up on time not delivering project in a timely fashion what is some other possibilities you know if you don't know then when was the last time you had a communication with this person to really understand this person then you then the leader goes, oh, yeah, actually, every time we show up the meeting, we just superficially ask, how is everyone doing? Everyone say, oh, we're doing fine. Then we start to talk about agendas. So never really know what is happening behind the screen. It's right now all on Zoom, right? Or the person outside work. What is really going on? What's holding them back? So if we don't put our heart into the sincerely trying to find out the employee will not open up to you. So when they see that, then okay, how like how they experiencing connection with me that I understand why he's frustrated, the leader, and he realized oh he can do something to get connected with his team to understand what's the root cause of the team performance and what he can do as a leader.
0: Lay, this is David, and I want to kind of do a little follow up on that because I love what you're saying about team productivity. The value of coaching and a lot of our clients that we're working with we coach oftentimes you will hear well what's the ROI or how long would it take to recoup that and when you look at the increase in productivity when you look at the ability to retain staff and key leadership it more than overcompensates the cost and the investment in coaching We know that even from my training and my coaching and consulting over the last few years, statistics have come back that it would take about one and a half, two times that person's salary to replace a key position at the company. And if you take that and you look at losing or having high turnover, and then you balance that with the other side of the equation, which is invest in coaching, it more than justifies why people need coaching. It's a lot of what I hear all the time. Well Dave, why do I need coaching? Why do I need public speaking skills? And I say, well, what can you afford to lose if you don't involve coaching or public speaking skills? And the reality is we need it. Like I want to I want to stop for a moment here and ask this because this is a celebration of incredible creatives and podcast hosts. This is what this is. People are going to be listening to this recording. They're going to be listening to this platform, and they're going to say, we want to learn more about your voice. Lei, why did you start your journey with Lay Podcast, and what did you learn about yourself in that journey?
2: Yeah, that actually is a great question. I, Even though I do public speaking, I sometimes do feel my voice was not really heard. I feel like my... If I only rely on public speaking and opportunity to speak, it's very limited to the platform, the stage. So I decided to start my own podcast so I can have a conversation with leaders I want to talk to and share my perspective. And that's a great learning opportunity for everyone. And also I see that opportunity for me to amplify a lot of other leaders' voice because they probably too busy were not into the public speaking platforms but they're okay to speak on podcast and I feel that is a great opportunity to amplify everyone's voice and also the more you speak the more comfortable you are about bragging about yourself it's okay to say how great we are and what kind of impact we're making because like I know before we started the podcast we're talking about some of we feel we don't get the echo from our audience we we're not sure what's the impact we're making, but with, by running the podcast, I can someone get feedback from my audience, even though they don't want to write a public comment somewhere, they're gonna email me, tell me, oh, I listened to this one. This is a great question. I'm so glad you asked about this. I learned that. So even that little feedback is a great confirmation, a great encouragement. And I think, so we need to have the confidence even though we might feel we're talking into the void, we're not hearing the echo, people out there listening and they're learning. And they may be a little bit shy not to you, but believe they are listening, they are learning.
0: Lay, Le, this is David again, and it's so true. And thank you for sharing that. Our voices need to be heard. There are people out there waiting to hear your message, waiting to find courage and strength from what you provide. So if you are a podcast host and you're listening to this festival know that your voice is necessary. Well, there are many ways to develop yourself professionally. We mentioned earlier that the greatest performers in the world, the most respected business leaders, they embrace executive coaching as the preferred method for capturing that winning edge. We're in a great position to have our well accomplished executive coach share with us today about what she's doing to help her clients achieve new heights. I'm gonna tell you this, most of you don't have coaches out there like Leigh. At least a coach that can say they've climbed the highest summits on every single continent. If you want to learn more about our guest, Leigh Wong, visit her website, journeywithlay.com. Thank you, Leigh, for joining us. Thank you for being on this platform with my identical twin brother and I. We talk about twins talking up. We talk about coaching. We talk about books. We talk about just celebrating this incredible opportunity. Leigh, thank you for being with us again.
2: Thank you so much. So much fun
0: here.
1: Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. That interview. So I just, uh, anyone have questions? Because I know I do. First of all, when you climb, let's go back to the mountain. Uh, So I climbed Mount Fuji. Anybody else here do that? You know, it's a touristy thing. You're the
2: first ascender among here, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So. It's a touristy thing to do. You know, you take the bus to the mid mountain and then you climb all night and the idea is that you get there for sunrise. And so my question to you, Lay, is how did you manage or handle oxygen like deprivation, the high altitudes cuz I was dying. <laughs> what what did you bring oxygen? How do you
2: train for that? Well, so this is some um, basic physiology. As a human being, we don't naturally adapt to the high altitude. However, we can train. Train is by gradually ascend. It's like when we talk about how to grow your leadership or visibility or strategy, how to climb mountain, adapt to altitude, also their strategy. So you don't ascend a straight line to the altitude. You go slowly, first of all, slowly. Second, you go up high, then you come back low to sleep, to climb high, sleep low. That's an important strategy. So you go slowly ascend. Every time you ascend, say 3,000 feet, you come back 1,000, 2,000 to sleep. The next day you go up more. So that kind of strategy is super important in our process of adapting. So human can adapt very, very slowly if you have the right strategy.
1: And so how much time are you spending on a mountain to train
2: before you go to the big mountains? Well, normally you train On that mountain, just go to Camp 1, come back. Go to Camp 2, come back. So for example, Everest, 29,029 feet. That takes two months because you spend one week in each cycle. You climb up to Camp 1. You sleep there for one night. Then come back to base camp, rest three, five days because your body needs to recover. Then you go up to Camp 2, go there to sleep for a night. Then you come back to base camp, sleep. And the rest another three to five days. So each cycle takes almost a week. That's why it takes so long to climb to someone, something so high like Everest.
1: And so when you did that, where were you on the mountain when you thought, aha, I can, I can coach people using this knowledge and, and this experience? What, what nuggets or what epiphanies, what ideas did you have coming down or up the mountain to shape who you are today?
2: Well, that was a long journey. When I was climbing Everest at that time, I didn't know what I was going to do after yet. I was just knowing after this, I want to do something that changed people's lives. And I already started speaking at that time. So I've been thinking about it all the time on the way out. So thinking, okay, what's the next? I know it's something not about climbing another mountain. It's about what I can do to help others. So keep thinking about it. Then opportunity just uh, naturally presents itself. Wow. And
1: what's the, and Andy, feel free to jump in after this one, which is what is the most common question that people ask you once they found out that you've climbed Mount Everest?
2: Oh, you're not going to believe it. Well, I'll tell you from my high school friends. They say, really? You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> because I grew up like a book nerd. I was not athletic. When I was in high school, I barely can pass the E-test. Oh. I was not the kind of person who anyone, if you say the whole class, who gonna be the one clam Everest? No one gonna pick me. So after I finished Everest and my report story about me, it showed up all over the places, in magazines, newspapers. And my high school classmate still denying. No, no way. That's not the one in our class. There's someone else with the same name. Not this one. <laughs> okay, and then the second most
1: popular question.
2: And then probably people always are curious about, oh, what's the most dangerous moment or some most memorable story? And sure. the truth is every moment is memorable. Like once they say, oh, what's the most memorable? Oh, my Mind to blow up because, oh, this moment, that moment. Every moment, it's like memory. There's a story in every moment. And in terms of what is the most dangerous moment, it's also any moment, if you let your guard down, that can become the most dangerous moment. Mm. So it's just a one moment of relaxed lapse. You might be missing a step or misoperating something. So there's a lot of close calls. I almost miss this, miss that. So it's only a snap moment. there
0: are many moments like that. Oh, thank you. All right, I'll stop hogging the floor. Andy. (laughs) I'll share this if you don't mind. This is David. Um, In our last episode with Lee, when she joined us, she made a great point about how when you're climbing these mountains, it's unbelievable how dangerous it could be coming down, probably more than going up. But she mentioned how yet people still are courageous enough to go up a mountain and not knowing if they'll ever come back. And yet for her business leaders, she's often reminding them, that you might have a setback. You might even feel like something has been a failure, but you didn't lose your life. You have another opportunity to keep growing, to learn and to seize the next climb. And so I really appreciate Lei sharing that. And I love how she really makes it clear for her clients that their journey, their summits, that's her new journey now is to help them get there. So Lei, you're awesome. I just love it.
2: Thank you, David. Yeah, I like to write on that. It's like, I remember, Like in one of the job interviews, I would ask tell us about your biggest failure. And I thought about it and say, well, I may have failed one exam or may didn't do one project the best way, but I don't think anything can be called a failure. That's just a setback in the journey. A failure will be at the end of the journey, end of your life when you look back to say, I really wasted this life. I didn't try my best. I didn't do anything. That's a failure. Anything else is just a setback. It's part of your growth.
0: We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of PaulJackowicz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K. I-E-W-I-C-Z Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy, to social media and reputation management for businesses. Professionals and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit elitepublicimage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. For a free consultation over the next two weeks, visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. What a great lesson in mindset and how like, perspective makes a very big difference in what we can accomplish and what we think we can accomplish. Leigh, I wanted to ask you, on the mountain, decision-making is critical. And how do you develop the trust with the people who are uh, like trekking with you in the team? And how do you know when you can make a clear decision? And other times,
3: like when you're tired, you're fatigued, the air is thin up there. So sometimes people even have altitude sickness How do you know that you're making the right decisions at those times?
2: Yeah, that is uh, super important. So first of all, making decisions on the mountain is the same as making decision in leadership. That you can align your team to trust your decision, align the team to believe this right decision is not built in that moment. So you have been training with them, been going on this journey with them for a long time, building that kind of rapport, building that cohesion. Then you can make a decision and trust each other, making the right decision. So that's the first question, asking how you can align your team. And the second is how you can make the right decision in that kind of moment, which is really hard. So that comes from the day-to-day training, how you learn to stay calm, learn how to handle some kind of moment of rush in your brain, your emotion, or any feeling. So it's not in that moment. It's in day-to-day practice to learn that. Thank you. And Lei, do you have questions for us? I, th- it, I should only say this is the first time i heard about this platform. And then that's great because I do, actually I just came back okay. a few weeks ago from the Asian-Americans conference in DC talking about how to help the Asian-Americans ascend the bamboo ceiling to have a bigger voice in the country. And I think this platform is super valuable and we should make it known more. And definitely we all need to help each other elevate the voice, make more people know about it. It's the same as leadership. It's when we think about, we are trying to promote a whole team, the whole community together, then there's no problem trying to promote ourselves more because that's important. We need to lift up the whole community then there'll be more people who can break through the bubble ceiling who can move ahead who can become a great leader to have dream the dreams in life so we do need to support each other and elevate this platform thank you
1: thank you yes tell everybody about AAP <laughs> like we we're, we're just uh, and also you know and Andrew Wong here is in charge of our directory of shows and we have more than 780 now that he's just curated and collected and we need to get your show on it if it's not already right Andy Yeah, I'd love
2: to.
3: I will double check.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, this is now the time where no one if no one has any questions, we can just go ahead and get started with with yours Andy and let's welcome Jay. Come on in hi
3: hi uh thanks for inviting uh that was great yes.
1: <clears throat> did you did you know that lei wong is uh she's one of the few women on the planet who's climbed mount everest
3: mount everest oh man i, I okay oh is he is she left already i have a very important hi. questions that I, I want to ask you early. everest mountain right so how many dead bodies have you seen along the trail good question for uh,
2: yes, exactly. <clears> the <throat> one other question a lot of people ask And like I say, most of the dead bodies along the way have been taken care of before the climbers go up because Mm -hmm. it's not very respectful to just leave it on the side, right? Right. Definitely, that's a very emotional thing. So most of them have been taken care of. However, I did see one on my way down that they were recovering a body Mm -hmm. from previous few years accident. That we covered the body later. So I did see one when we're transporting that.
3: Right. Because it takes a while for one, it's like for them to figure out there's a body there, you know. Obviously it's, you know, covered in snow and all that stuff. And I heard that because of the climate change, now more and more body has been found.
2: Mm, I could be totally wrong. It's not as hard to identify, but we all know when someone disappeared on the mountain. It's Ah. rare to find it because a lot of times the body might be washed down by the by the avalanche, right? Hidden in the crevasse, so it's not easy to find it or recover it.
3: Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm so jealous that you can do that. I don't think I can do that in many, many years or million years because you have to train to do it, and I. I like to walk down two blocks i can't i need to take oh, a uber it's
2: a mindset <laughs> i believe you can do it I tell you yeah. when i first climbed one mountain came back to my school and i was running with a friend in the morning mm-hmm. i ran two blocks and I said, i'm tired i want to go home <laughs> and my friend said just you can climb mountains i said yes so you can too
3: yeah, it, it is it is mindset. I need t- I to have a better mindset. I need to stop taking Ubers if it's just two blocks away.
2: I'm pretty sure if you want to do it, you can do it.
3: Thank you. Thank you. That's a very encouraging word. <laughs> thank you.
1: Oh, my gosh. And on that note, perfect words to end this segment with Twins Talk It Up hosts David Suk Brown and Danny Sook Brown with their guest. Do- it's Dr. Lei Wong, right? So...
2: Oh. i'm not a doctor i'm just a normal master (laughs) a doctor of life how about that
3: (laughs) yes it's all about mindset you know if you if you if you think about yourself as a doctor
2: one day i'll get an honorary phd somewhere
3: (laughs) yeah well
2: with your track record i don't doubt it Thank
0: thank you for listening to the twins talk it up podcast Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.